What up, player profiler faithful? It's your homeboy, Maddie Kiwum, and welcome to episode 14 of The Game Plan. Today, I'm going to be breaking down some moves that you can do to strengthen your bench as you head into the postseason. Of course, I will take y'all bargain bin shopping and talk about my bargain bin options for week 14, and there will be a little bit of a homework assignment this week. So, Come on, ladies and gents, let's start game planning for our week 14 matchups. As always, we will start the show by talking about who was in, who was out of practice, who was limited, who was full, all of that good stuff, because you got to know who's on the field to know who you can even play in fantasy. So let's start with those who missed practice. Lamar Jackson, that PCL strain will keep him from playing week 14. He did not practice all week. So Tyler Huntley will be QB1 in Baltimore. Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers have not practiced this week. They did not practice Friday. They do, however, play on Monday Night Football. So pay attention to the reports on Saturday. But it does not look good for Harris or Jacoby Myers to play in Arizona. Cortland Sutton, he's already been ruled out for week 14 with that hamstring injury. Traylon Burks is also out. He suffered a concussion, but at least last week, if you played him, he caught a 25-yard tutty before leaving the game. It stinks because Jacksonville does present a pretty good matchup for him, but we're going to have to put him on our bench, try someone new this week, and then maybe he'll be back next week. Amari Cooper has missed practice on Thursday and Friday uh, with a sore hip, but he said that he, quote, should be ready to rock this weekend. Uh, hopefully he can get on the field because we want to see that rapport build with, with Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun came back last week, so week two is a big week for them to build upon what they started last week. He saw a whole bunch of targets. He didn't catch a whole lot of them, but you got to, you know, after Watson not playing for a couple years, essentially, we need him on the field so that he can build up all those uh, targets. Speaking of Houston Texans, two of their wide receivers will not play in week 14. Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins have been ruled out. You were probably already using them, but if you got them, you're definitely more excited about that Dallas defense. Hayden Hurst will also miss this week against the Browns due to a calf injury. Leonard Fournette, his status is looking bleak after he popped up on the injury report midweek with a foot injury. He wasn't present for Friday's practice, but the team is hopeful that he will play. He is going up against one of the most stout run defenses in football as the 49ers take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. If he's in, I don't know if I'm going to play him. I'm going to be a little nervous about playing him given that defense, given a foot injury. Maybe he leaves early. Either way, I am going to play Rashad White because he's catching too many dang passes. Let's keep it moving to the players who were limited late in the week. Trevor Lawrence returned to practice on a limited fashion after having a toe injury last week. He is questionable to play against the Titans. He That is a really good matchup uh, against the Titans. So <laughs> if you got him, you definitely want him on the field. Despite popping up on the injury report Thursday, T. Higgins is expected to play. Thank God we all want T. Higgins on the field. Deontay Johnson, this is how his practices went this week. Limited, DNP, limited, and will be a game-time decision. Womp, womp, 
It, it is what it is. Kadarius Tony, he is questionable after limited practices all week. That hamstring has been bothering him for a number of weeks. It would be nice to see him on the field this week as the Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. Ooh, this next one makes me a little nervous as I roster him both in Scott Fishbowl and in the big dog bash. Saquon Barkley has been practicing in a limited fashion, but that neck injury will uh, carry into the weekend and give him a questionable tag. It seems as if the Giants are hopeful he plays. If not, and you can get him on your roster, get that, get Matt Breida on there. More Matt Breida later in the show, but yeah, get him on the field uh, on your roster because it's looking more and more iffy about Saquon Barkley this week. Let's keep moving to the more optimistic side of the injury report, the full practices. Mike Williams will make his return to the field after dealing with an ankle injury. He will be full go on Sunday Night Football in what could be an absolute banger shootout bonanza against the the Miami Dolphins. David Ninjoku is no longer on the Browns injury report for his knee ailment. That is a good sign. Uh, Deontay Foreman is off the injury report, but he did miss practice on Wednesday with a foot issue. Najee Harris has been cleared to play against the Ravens. Okay, that's good to go. It, it seems like he will be a full go this weekend. To his ankle and Tyreek Hill's illness will not affect their week 14 matchup. I just mentioned it a second ago. It might be one of the funnest matchups of the year. Definitely looking like the premier offensive bonanza of week 14. So we want all hands on deck for the Chargers and Dolphins. The San Francisco hybrid playmakers, CMC and Debo Samuel, are off the San Francisco 49ers injury list. And that's good because we want to see both those guys on the field as we head into the playoffs. We don't want our stars missing time. Uh, I also have a, a special little Seattle Seahawks section of the injury report. Yeah, that's right. There was so much news in their fantasy relevant players that I set aside an entire little block just about the Seahawks. First, let's talk about Geno Smith. He will head into week 14 with no injury designation. I was talking to my man, Rob, the hairy snowman today, and he believes Geno Smith is poised for a massive game against Carolina. And after hearing his, uh, seeing his work, seeing what was going through, seeing the gears turn his brain, I think my man is right. So I am excited that Geno will be on the field and have no injury designation. His well, not his leading pass catcher, but one of the best pass catchers. DK Metcalf is expected to be a full go despite missing practice. Pete Carroll seems to be pretty optimistic that he will play and have no true, uh, uh, nothing will be holding him back in terms of that that soreness that he was going through this week. And in the running back position, holy cannoli, do we have a bunch to talk about. Travis Homer is off of the injury report, while DJ Dallas and Ken Walker will be game time decisions. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Travis Homer later here in the show. If you roster DJ Dallas and hope to use him this week, I'd make other arrangements. And maybe Travis Homer is the exact guy to use. So that's going to wrap up the injury list, the reports, all of the injury updates for your game planning for week 14. So let's talk about the first segment of the show is building your postseason bench. Not necessarily the most exciting part of fantasy football, building your bench, but 
in all the leagues with trade deadlines, it's super, super important because you might find yourself up the proverbial shit's creek without a paddle if you do not have the proper depth, the proper players in case injuries arise or some slumps, some tough matchups. So you got to go through and make sure that your bench is strong. So I have three things that I want to break down that I think will really, really help all of you fantasy managers bolster your bench as you head into the postseason. So the first aspect of bolstering your bench is grabbing your handcuffs for your starting running backs. Now, Podfather talks about it all the time, and I completely agree with him that rostering a ton of your handcuffs throughout the regular season is not smart process. It is betting against yourself. It is betting against the health of the guys you would like to rely upon the most. So drafting them early or even making significant trades to acquire them midseason is not always the best process. But heading into the postseason, I believe you kind of have to turn that thinking on its head because you you want that safety net. You want that insurance policy uh, for your starting running backs. And some of the more important handcuffs that I believe should be, uh, if you roster this the starter, you need to go out and get their handcuff. The first guy I'm going to talk about is Christian McCaffrey. Um, his handcuff right now seems to be Jordan Mason. Uh, Mason's starting to get more and more love. He's he's getting a lot of attention from the coaching staff, and in a good way, in a way that we like to see from a backup. Um, He's only rostered about 13% of your sleeper leagues, so I believe he is someone that's worth uh, going out and get. But over the last three weeks, he's only he hasn't seen a ton of usage, but you know he's been on the field anywhere from 10 to 20% in terms of his snap share. And last week, he had a season-high eight carries and ran a season-high four routes. Uh, and that totaled in 51 total yards from scrimmage. So he had 5.1 fantasy points. He's not usable on his own. But if you sit in, a, if you're in a situation where you're heading to the playoffs, and all of a sudden Christian McCaffrey is looking more and more iffy throughout the week, he did miss some practice this week, so he's not 100. percent I mean, pretty much no one is probably uh, fully 100 percent as of right now. But getting Jordan Mason on your roster, if you if you have a Christian McCaffrey, is smart process. It's something that you absolutely should be looking to do. Uh, if you roster Dalvin Cook, obviously Alexander Mattinson is a must. Um, he's rostered about forty two percent of sleeper leagues, so he's more rostered than any of the handcuffs that we're going to probably talk about more often than not. He's just the that carbon copy. We've seen it happen time and time again where Dalvin misses time, Mattinson steps right in and can and fill that void. So you got to go ahead and pick him up if he's available in your leagues and if your trade deadline hasn't passed yet and you have Dalvin, you got to pony up even a little bit to get Mattinson because if you're relying on Dalvin who's starting to heat up, if he goes down, you need Mattinson in your lineup to keep the boat afloat. The next guy, if you roster Saquon Barkley, I suggest picking up Matt Breida. Matt Breida is uh, rostering about 13% of league, so he is pretty widely available in fantasy. Um, he hasn't really accumulated much stats or metrics to really kind of talk about uh, his performance this season, but he has been a guy who has been fantasy relevant in the past. He runs a 4-4-40 as a 100% dial burst score, so he is more than adequate at age 27 to fill in for an injured Saquon Barkley, and we are seeing it now. Barkley's dealing with a little bit of a neck issue. So if you're a guy, if you're a fantasy manager who has Saquon, go get Matt Breida. He's an absolute must to handcuff at the running back position. The last guy I want to talk about real quick is Joe Mixon. Obviously, we've seen Samar JP Ryan step in and be an absolute beast. He's 75% rostered in Super League, so he's probably not available in your competitive formats. But 
if Mixon comes back this week, we could see that roster ship plummet. And if that's the case, make sure you go out and go and, and trade for him. Because we've seen Samaj P. Ryan look dynamite as the starting running back in this uh, Cincinnati Bengal offense. So those are the four guys that I really, really believe you should have their handcuffs for. By hook or by crook, make sure you can make it happen. Because if they go down in the playoffs and you're able to advance, you're going to need these handcuffs to step right in and kind of make your life a whole lot easier. You're not going to be going to the, the, the deep, deep, deep stashes uh, with, with that being the case. You, you can just kind of insert and hope that it, it happens in your favor. I mean, come on. Every single year in the playoffs, in the championship, deep in the fantasy season, we see these guys that we call no-namers, guys who were not drafted in the offseason, become league winners. And when you look at the top uh, list in terms of the running back position, um, a lot of the running backs don't have your clear handcuff. Um, Derrick Henry, for example, do you want to get Dontrell Hilliard? I probably would, but at the same time, is he the no doubt handcuff, the insert, you know, carbon copy pl plug and play guy? I don't think so. Austin Eckler, he has two or three guys that would fill in for if he was to get hurt. We've seen that happen in the past. Ramondre Stevenson, if he gets hurt, Damian Harris is also hurt. Is it Kevin Harris? Is it Pierre Strong? How do they play that position? So, if the, the, the backups seem cloudy, if they are not so uh, crystal clear, if they're not plug-and-play guys, I wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to to add them and stash them. But the in cases of Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, and Joe Mixon, I do believe they do have those clear plug-and-play guys if they were to get hurt. So those backups are a must when you're heading into the playoffs. The second thing, rule I would like to talk about in terms of bolstering your bench is – uh, it doesn't. It's not going to pertain to everyone listening. Uh, not everyone still plays in leagues with DSTs. But if you do, do not be too proud to roster multiple DSTs uh, throughout the regular season. This is fan. This is a fantasy no-no. You know, this is. Uh, this is persona. This is you do not do this during the regular season. There's no need to roster multiple DSTs. You're better off with your deepest of stashes than you are multiple defenses. But heading into the playoffs, I do believe that having multiple D D DSTs are are it's a good strategy. It's it's a good way to keep yourself uh, kind of strengthen your entire roster throughout. Uh, a couple examples uh, I'd like to give here that that really kind of speak to what could what, what what benefits you can have of rostering the multiple DSTs. So, uh, uh, for instance, I will talk uh, uh, one of my personal leagues. Uh, I roster the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who have been great for me. Um, I have no issues with them, but they do play Dallas in week, uh, I believe it's seven sixteen. Yes, so the second round of your fantasy playoffs, they play Dallas. And the, the inverse is also true. If you've been rostering the Dallas defense, who's been great, they also get the Eagles. So in week 16, you do not have that favorable matchup. Uh, a good little tactic you could use, go ahead and scoop the Tennessee Titans defense, a defense that hasn't been great, a defense that is um, widely available in most formats. They get the Houston Texans in week 16. So if you have Philly, if you have Dallas, it's good process to go ahead and, and pick up the Tennessee Titans defense because then you can kind of plug and play. You can make that swap for one week. And then right away in week 17 in your championship, if you make it that far, you'll have them. Another example is in week 15, the first round of the fantasy playoffs, if you roster Buffalo. Buffalo has been a great defense to roster in fantasy. They get the Miami Dolphins, a team that is tough. Uh, you know, they got their 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 race car wide receivers. They are absolutely home run hitters. They're not always the best matchup for opposing defenses. But in that case, scoop up the Kansas City Chiefs 
defense, who's a roster about half or, or, or available in about half of sleeper formats because they also get Houston in week 15. So you can go with Buffalo in week 16 and 17 and go with the Kansas City Chiefs defense in week 15 and kind of just parlay and kind of stack those guys on your bench because you can plug and play. And there are other form, there are other situations that this will come into play. You know, do your research here and figure out where that is at, like where you're more comfortable playing because DSTs, you know, that's kind of, I call them, uh, they're a member they're, you know, they're more of a prevalent in what I call dinosaur, dinosaur leagues, your older formats, uh, the leagues I'm mostly, and as an old gentleman myself, uh, they're not as much, they're not as prevalent now, but they can win you weeks here. Um, stashing a couple. It's okay. I know it's not always the best, but you're gonna, you can do it and it's okay. Um, the last thing I'd like to talk about is have a couple dart throws on your roster. So a couple weeks ago, I brought up some uh, good matchups for the playoffs. And by dart throws, I do typically mean wide receivers. Um, those are the type of players that can go off in a given week and present uh, some really high out- scoring outputs on a, on, a, you know, on a weekly basis, on a one game, one roster type of thing that can really kind of help uh, – get you with those wins. So some of the wide receivers that I'm talking here, uh, someone from that, you know, if you want to grab uh, a, a DPJ, if Donald people Jones is available in your league, they have a pretty favorable matchup going into the playoffs. The chargers have a good matchup. So if you can stash a Deandre Carter, if there's another injury or if Josh Palmer is dropped in your league, um, Dallas also has a pretty favorable matchup. Uh, going into the playoffs. So if you can grab yourself a Gallup or James Washington and just kind of stash them on your bench, because if you need them late, they can come in and, and really be clutch for you in the fantasy playoffs. So get some dart throws. Don't be too proud to roster multiple defenses and don't be too, don't be scared to, you know, interchange them to use them as they have to be used. If the matchup isn't as favorable as the one on your bench. Um, you don't always have to be beholden to the guys who got you there. You can mix and match, especially when you're in the playoffs, because it's win or go home. It's do or die. So I would highly, highly recommend to do those three things to help bolster your bench and really help you kind of take down your fantasy championships. Before we get into the bargain bin segment, I would like to talk to you about some of the sports books and some of the promo codes that we have here on playerprofile.com. So if you go to the website, Player Profile, we have our top offers page. And I live in Massachusetts, so we only have the FanDuel option. There's not a whole lot. But if you live in Maryland, you could use BetMGM, PointsBet, FanDuel, Caesar Sportsbook. You have a bunch. And right now, uh, we have a current offer for BetMGM. And you can get a risk-free first bet up to $1,000 for new Users. So just go to the player profiler page, hit that top offer tab there at the top of the screen and go ahead and check what's available in your area. And we do have offers for multiple sports books, but our current offer for bet GM bet MGM is a risk free bet up to $1,000 for new users. So let's keep this train rolling and talk about some bargain bin players for week four. First guy I would like to talk about. So if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. But I do position by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're going to talk about what guys are universally available in sleeper formats and who you could pick up. Maybe even use them as a cheap DFS play if you'd like. Uh, It's all all 
it's all good news to use. It's all stuff that we like to 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 attack here in fantasy. So the first quarterback I'm going to talk about is Tyler Huntley at the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's only rostered about 32% of leagues. He's 5,500 on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel. Player profile has him ranked at QB 11. I got him at QB 10, so he's certainly a strong play for the both of us. The over-under of 36.5 isn't necessarily encouraging, but it is uh, – it's, it is what it is. He's QB1, and we're going to take it. Baltimore is favored by two points. Uh, reasons why I do like Tyler Huntley, he did have three top 20 QB finishes as a starter in 2022. He was actually QB15 last week coming in for relief for Lamar Jackson after he was hurt, so he is more than capable. Um, he has... Going into this matchup, the Pittsburgh Steelers present a 2.92 fantasy points allowed to the mean. That's the fourth most advantageous matchup for opposing quarterbacks. And other little stats that the cube, uh, the the Pittsburgh Steelers defense present for opposing QB, they've given up 3,200 passing yards. That's fifth most, and 23 passing touchdowns. That's the third most. Also, TJ Watt is not 100%. He's been limited in practice all week. He is a massive factor at getting after the quarterback. So if he is not 100% and he cannot wreak havoc on the Ravens and on Tyler Huntley, he could absolutely ball out in a very very favorable matchup. The next QB I would like to talk about is Mac Jones. He will be in Arizona on Monday night football. He's only rostered about 24% of leagues. Uh, I do not have his DK or his FanDuel numbers because it is not on the main slate. He's QB 20. According to playerprofile.com. I got him at QB 16. So we both have him as a top 20 play. Over under 43 and a half is one of the probably not the highest, but it's middle of the road for the week. Uh, indoors does present the possible shootout factor. And New England is one and a half point dogs on the road. The Arizona pass defense this season gives up 3.42 fantasy points allowed to the mean. That's the third most advantageous matchup. They are 25th in pass DVOA, and they've given up the most passing touchdowns allowed, which, which is 24. Um, and the last time that Jones played a soft secondary indoors was in minnesota on thanksgiving he had 382 pass yards and 23.3 fantasy points that is good for qb7 on the week that is why mac jones is a good bargain bin option especially in your two qb super flex formats let's move on to the running back position and i alluded to this at the top of the show but we're going to talk about travis homer Travis Homer takes on the Carolina Panthers at home. He's only rostered in about 17% of sleeper leagues. He's 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,800 on FanDuel. Player profile has him ranked at wide, uh, running back 46. I got him at running back 29. The uh, After the updates come out, I would imagine that player profile will elevate him quite a bit uh, with the DJ Dallas and uh, – you know, Kenneth Walker being a game time decision. Uh, the over under of 44 is actually one of the higher on the slate, which is a good sign. And Seattle are home favorites by four points, which could present some extra rushing opportunities at the end of the game. The Carolina Panthers run defense give up 3.45 fantasy points to the mean. That's sixth amongst defenses. So it's a pretty good matchup for running backs. They're 22nd in pass in rush DVOA. They've given up nine rushing touchdowns and four receiving touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks, which is good because Homer can catch the ball. He has shown the ability to catch the ball. And 
in just in week 12, he missed last week. Uh, they rested him after being sick and having a little bit of a knee issue. But in week 12, he saw a 20% snap share. He had five opportunities, and he turned that into 13.3 fantasy points. He was running back 23 on the week with just a 20% snap share, so he can be efficient. And with DJ Dallas and Kenneth Walker being iffy, I believe that Travis Homer is the better play over, over Jones. Uh, Jones is a slower kind of up-the-middle plug where, you know, Travis Homer's got a little bit more electric uh, in, in his game. He's a little bit shiftier. He he can make bigger plays and we like we saw in Week 12. 20% snap share, 13 points. That's what we're looking for in the bargain bin. Now, let's talk about the other running back in the bargain bin this week is his adversary, the guy going against the Seattle Seahawks, Chuba Hubbard. Like I said, they are at Seattle this week. He's only 38% rostered on Sleeper. He's 4,800 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. Player profile has him ranked at running back 32. I got running back 30, so we're pretty much hand-in-hand there. The over-under 44 I just mentioned is pretty good. It's one of the highest on the slate. And they are, uh, Carolina that is, four-point dogs on the road. Now, the Seattle rush defense, they give up 2.95 fantasy points uh, allowed to the mean. That is the number eighth most advantageous uh, matchup for running backs. And they also give up 0.90 fantasy points to the mean uh, in terms of receiving fantasy points to running backs. That's the 10th uh, most advantageous matchup in that regard. They're also ranked 24th in rush DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, and they have the set, they've given up the seventh most rushing yards and the second most receiving yards allowed to running backs. So they do give up production. It does seem like Deontay Foreman will be the workhorse again after practicing twice to finish off the week, but he is dealing with a little bit of a foot thing. So if he, if they do dial back his touches, take down his snaps a little bit to give him a breather, that could present some great opportunities for Mr. Chuber Hubbard. So I am absolutely looking to use him if I'm in a desperate win mode heading into the playoffs. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. The first wide receiver I'd like to talk about in the bargain bin is DJ Shark versus the Minnesota Vikings. He's rostered in about 49% of sleeper leagues. He's 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. Paleo profile has him at wide receiver 42. I got him at wide receiver 41, so we're pretty much hand-in-hand there. The over-under of 52 is one of the highest on the slate, which is why we are targeting the pass catchers here. Detroit are two-point underdogs here, so it seems like it could be a pretty good divisional shootout. Uh, Minnesota's pass defense, they're 24th in pass DVOA, and they've given up the most receiving yards in the NFL this season. Uh, great opportunity here for Mr. DJ Shark. And over the last two weeks, uh, he has an 85.4 route participation rate. A five, he's, he's getting five and a half targets a game, 93 and a half air yards a game in those two games, and 12.2 fantasy points. So he is producing, and uh, he's getting these looks, and he's producing quite well there since coming back from injury. Uh, on the season, he has 18.1 ADOT. That's actually first amongst qualified wide receivers, so he can attack downfield. And has a 55.4% route win rate. I still can't say it. If you watch the trade gods, which you should with me and Jason, I cannot say that, that metric. But he's very good at it, so he can win the ball. And basically what these things tell me is he doesn't need high volume to produce. So in a potential shootout indoors against a division rival, give me DJ Shark. The next wide receiver that I'm going to talk about is Trent Sherfield at LAC. In the shootout of the week, he's only rostered in 4% of sleeper leagues. Again, I don't have his DFS numbers because he's not on the main slate. 
Now, player profile and myself both have them ranked outside the top 50 at 53, but that's okay. Sometimes you got to dig on deep to find the gems. The over-under 52.5 is exactly what we're attacking. It's the highest over-under on the slate. In Miami, our road, uh, road favorites by three points. Like I said, in L.A., indoors, it has absolute shootout potential. This is why we love pass catchers in these games. And the Chargers' pass defense allows 6.5 points uh, uh, to the mean, which is the sixth most advantageous matchup. And they've given up 12 touchdowns to wide receivers. That's tied for seventh most in football. Sherfield, despite his uh, kind of unassuming production, has seen three-plus targets in seven straight games. And in a shootout, we'll take those three targets, absolutely. And he has top 25 finishes at wide receiver, two of his last three. So he is scoring touchdowns. They are looking at Sherfield in high-leverage situations. So when you're digging this deep in looking for a flex play, uh, if you're in a deep league, maybe he's your second or third flex, uh, you're absolutely looking for a guy like Trent Sherfield, and I think he is the exact type of player that we want to target here deep in the bargain bin. Uh, let's move on to the tight ends here today. The first tight end I'd like to talk about is Hunter Henry at Arizona on Monday Night Football. We talked about Mac Jones, so you have the matchup stats already. He's rostered in about 41% of sleeper leagues, so he's more than available. Uh, he's tight end 15 on player profile. I got him tight end 13, so we both of him as a pretty good play. Uh, the over-under, as I said, is 43.5, and the New England Patriots are 1.5-point favorites on the road. Um, again, the, the the Arizona defense is unequivocally the best matchup for opposing tight ends they give up <clears throat> i'm not messing this up here 12.82 fantasy points to the league average that's the most that is absolutely the most with a bullet they give up the most receiving yards they give up the most receptions to tight ends and they give up the most tds to tight ends so they're absolutely an advantageous matchup for uh, uh, a guy like Hunter Henry. And just like Mac Jones, the last time that the Patriots were indoors against a soft secondary, uh, last time they lined up against an advantageous uh, defense, he had five targets. He caught three of them. They were for 63 yards and a touchdown. Now, if it wasn't for the refs, probably making the incorrect call, he would have had two touchdowns. He finished that week with 15.3 fantasy points and was tight end five on the week. So I'm thinking that we might see a lot of the same here and what is becoming quickly a must-win game for the Patriots. So if you need Mac in your QB2 or Superflex, you can need Hunter Henry in your streaming tight end. Those are the type of guys I'm targeting in a very soft matchup. The last tight end I'm going to talk about here in the bargain bin is Chig Okwangu. I think I said that. Okonku? Okonku. Chico Conquo, the tight end for the Tennessee Titans, they are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's only rostered in 15% of leagues. Player profiler has him at tight end 20. I got him at tight end 16. And really the difference there is who you want, Hooper or, or Chig. And I'm going to go Chig here. The over-under 41 is not necessarily something that indicates uh, a massive shootout potential, but that's okay. Tennessee are three-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Um, and I kind of just really like the player more than I like the matchup because uh, Jacksonville really hasn't been all that favorable for tight ends. But as a unit, as a defensive unit, they are 31st in past DVOA. So they're not really great at covering the ball, but the tight end position specifically, they've been okay. Um, but even that, without Traylon Burks, there will be targets vacated. And I think as Chig continues to get more and more use, he's getting used more and more. He's getting uh, uh, more volume. Um, 
I think this is why I really like him as a bargain bin option this week. And in week 13, just last week, he had his highest snap share in 2022 with 52.8%. He ran 16 routes. Uh, That's a 50% route participation rate. That is also the highest in 2022. And he finished the week as tight end eight. All of those are all best of the year. Uh, So as the coaching staff and the offense is getting more comfortable, more confident in Chig, uh, I think you should be as well. And he's also seen five targets in back-to-back games. So given the fact there's no Traylon to make big splash plays, maybe they go ahead and give the ball to Chig more often, who is a pretty good athlete uh, for the Tennessee Titans. So uh, if you're really desperate and you're really looking for a tight end option, Look no further than my man Chig on the Tennessee Titans. That's going to wrap up the bargain bin section. So let me summarize it for y'all who may just be tuning in. Tyler Huntley and Mac Jones at quarterback. Travis Homer and Chuba Hubbard at running back. DJ Shark and Trent Sherfield at wide receiver. And Hunter Henry and Chig Okonkwo at tight end. So that is what going to be those are going to be the guys in the bargain bin section. Now, your homework assignment is a selfish one on my part, okay? And why is it selfish you might be asking? Because I am horrible at game planning for kicking, for kickers. I typically just look for guys indoors. I don't really know what to do. I know there's guys who are outdoors who are good, Tyler Bass, Jason Myers, but I don't really know how to game plan for kicking. So your homework assignment, if you will, kind of look at the playoff schedule. See who's there. Should I roster a couple? Kind of like a defense? You might not even play in a kicker league, but maybe you do. But either way, go ahead and look at the playoff schedule and please, oh please, let me help me make sense of the kickers that I should be rostering in the playoffs. I got Tyler Bass in the league. He's the kicker one, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean Jack. I don't know, but he's been okay. So your homework assignment this week is to look at the position the kicking position and let me know who should I be targeting in the playoffs. And if you're, if you're in all your leagues, there are no kickers in your leagues. You don't play that anymore. You've banned all kickers. You can uh, pivot, pivot to another position, pivot to any of the positions in fantasy, but basically look at the playoff schedule. Help me bolster my bench. Give me some tips on how I can continue to bolster my bench. Before I say goodbye, before I bid farewell on this beautiful Saturday, I have one last final thought. The fantasy playoffs are coming. The fantasy postseason. I like to call it the fantasy postseason because in some leagues there are consolation brackets. You're playing for, you know, in my one of my leagues, you're playing for a for ping pong balls. Uh, in other leagues, you're playing for the number one overall pick. There are all different we- reasons to continue to try to win in the postseason. So if you're going for a championship or the number one overall pick, you got to be ready for the postseason. And one thing to remember as we head into the postseason is do not be over loyal to your regular season starters. Um, sometimes we witness players usage go down throughout the season, or we have a guy that we've kind of been a fringe starter for us, but they have bad matchups in the postseason. Don't be too loyal. Uh, you definitely want to use the guys who got you there. They're been, they've been good for a reason. They've been winners for you for a reason, but don't be over loyal. If you're using like, for instance, an Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson is someone that I've actually been relying on one of my leagues, but the matchups aren't great. And I've been looking for alternatives uh, at the, as my running back too, because the Brian Robinson's getting more involved and the matchups aren't great. So there are times you have to look your, you look your team, look at your roster, pull it up on your app, look at sleeper, look at your team and go, listen, here, let me get my phone. I'm going to act it out here. You've been good to me. I've loved you all season. You've been 
an absolute winner for me. And at the end of the day, I need to go elsewhere. He's just not doing it for me now. And your boy wants the chips with the dip, so sometimes you cannot be too loyal to your regular season starters. So that's my final thought, and that's the end of episode 14. Please subscribe to Player Profiler's YouTube channel if you're not already. And while you're there, smash the like button to this video. Also, you can check out my other show, Trade Gods, with Jason Allwine. It comes out every Wednesday. Make sure you're joining the Player Profiler Discord because we are talking fantasy sports 24-7. And Jason and I do like to host a show on Wednesday nights after we go live on YouTube answering your specific trade questions. We have turned our thoughts to the Dynasty formats because a lot of these seasonal league trade deadlines have come and gone. Also, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwoom. You can get all of my articles on playerprofiler.com. Make sure you check Checking out our two TikTok channels, our IG player profiler is coming at you so strong in the most important time of the season. So make sure you're rocking with us at player profiler. So keep game planning and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.